0: Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. We've been in a series here this entire summer on worship. You've heard from me. You've heard from several of our other staff members. Last week, Pastor Elliot did an incredible job. And Elliot, I just want to tell you publicly, I told you via text and to your face, but I just want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, that was your first time like preaching the gospel, right? Let's give it up. Didn't Pastor Elliot do an incredible job last week? I, um, I was sitting there. Watching you as the service was happening and I was like, my goodness, doesn't sound like somebody that's done this one time. I'm proud of you. Um, The Lord has anointed you and gifted you. And uh, so I'm so proud of you. Next Sunday, we'll conclude this series. I'm I'm looking forward to next Sunday. I'm going to preach to you guys what I actually even started off this series with. Next Sunday, here and at Marshfield, we'll be talking about God's favorite house. Now, does Scripture say that David's makeshift temple was God's favorite house? It doesn't necessarily say that in those words, but it does say in Acts and in in, in Amos and in Chronicles, it does say that he's coming back to rebuild that house and so I think if he's coming back to rebuild a house, that's probably one of his favorite houses. And uh, so we're going to look at that house next week. Today we're going to talk about, we're going to conclude. Last Sunday, Pastor Elliot, as I said, did a great job. And he started talking to you about seven Hebrew words of praise. And he brought three of them to you, halal, zamar, and tahila. And uh, for some of you, that, that wasn't tequila. It was tehillah, all right? And uh, so anyway, uh, but today I'm going to give you the final four of these. But one thing I'm looking forward to, and maybe you think, well, worship was short today. It was intentional because we're going to take these seven words today. We actually gave you a sheet um, on your seat there. I want you to take these home with you. I think these are important words. Put them in your Bible. Remember these words. We're actually going to put these words into action today. We're going to practice, and we're going to worship today. And I really do believe if we as a church would lean into scriptures and discover how the people of God, the Hebrew people of God praised God I think it would change and transform our culture of worship here at Destiny Church. I think if we really understand what worship is, if we understand what praise is, it will transform our culture. And I know here at Destiny Church, as with uh, many churches, but I know here at Destiny Church, we have many different backgrounds, many different cultures, and many different denominations and even styles of worship. Some of you are like me, and you're very expressive when you worship. Some of you are not. Some of you, you know, let me just talk straight to Some of you, when it comes to worship, you're you're scared. What are people going to think of me? And so you have this desire to worship, but you're thinking, what's really, none of us care. I don't mean that in a hard way, but I don't really care how you worship because worship to me is between me and him. And if you're focused on somebody that's looking at you, then they don't have the right mentality either some of us were just not un, we're just uncomfortable to worship some of us honestly some of you and and please again just I'm just the messenger but some of you just think you're too cool to worship let me just tell you you're not too cool some of us love it and it's like the highlight of my day is to worship the Lord some of you you know you just can't wait for the music to stop it's like if they would just stop this singing Some of us, maybe we don't express our worship in the the house, but maybe some of us, we express worship when we see a sunrise. But my hope and prayer is that through this series on worship, you're beginning to realize that worship isn't just something we do at the beginning of a service. Worship isn't something we just do to occupy time and to make it go an hour and ten minutes. Worship isn't something we do where we just said, hey, these are some cool songs. Let's sing these before Pastor Chad preaches. My hope and prayer is that as we've gone through this series, and especially as we look at these seven Hebrew words of praise, you realize that worship is necessary. Worship is important. Worship is biblical. Worship is God-honoring. Worship happens more than just at church on Sundays. But my greatest hope, my greatest desire through this series is that you realize that worship, and I want you to write this down, I want you to get this, worship is active. Worship is expressive. And God wants you to be a participant in it. Worship is not something that's only for a select group of people. Worship is for all of us. We've seen it throughout this series. You'll see it a little bit today. You'll see it next week. God responds to us when we worship. God responds to you when you praise him. Pastor Mark and I were talking this week, and both of us are at this place where we can't help but believe and think. Um, For those of you, maybe you don't know, let me just kind of just even pause there. Destiny Church is, is one church in multiple locations. All right, maybe some of you heard me say, who's Pastor Mark? Pastor Mark is... On our executive team here at Destiny. He is um, our campus pastor at Marshfield and an incredible, anointed young man of God. And I consider him a young man. He's, you know, when you're 47, if they're younger than that, you start thinking everybody's a young man. But, uh, But Pastor Mark and I were talking this week, and we are convinced if Destiny Church would commit to praising God in the manner that he's worthy of. If our worship wouldn't be distracted, if our worship wouldn't be insecure, if our worship wouldn't be apathetic or without focus, or if our worship wouldn't be, well, I don't like that song. Listen to me. Worship is not about your personality. It's not about your song choice. If, if, if our worship would be committed to him, to committed to praising him, In the manner, let me say it this way. If we would actively posture our bodies and actively posture our hearts toward God in worship, I believe that God would walk in the room. I believe that God would meet you wherever you are when you worship and praise Him. And that's the ultimate goal, right? To get God to walk in the room, to get Him to show up. I believe if we would actively pursue God with worship, we would see things change. And that's our desire as a church. The Destiny Church will be known as a church that worships God passionately. That's my passion. That's my desire. And so that's why we took time out this summer to do this series. It wasn't just to be a filler. We're passionate about worship. And uh, I think worship is a key to the future of this church. I think, I mean, just, let me just, I think if we're gonna be the church that God has called us to be, worship has to be at the forefront. And you'll notice when you look through scriptures, there's oftentimes, as people were going into battle, the Lord sent worshipers out first. And I think that we're in a battle. And I think the Lord wants to send out worshipers in advance. And one of the things the Lord's been telling me about Destiny Church is he wants us to be the tip of the spear, And so you know what that tells me? He wants us to be worshipers. Because he's sending us out first. And worship tears down walls. And it tears down strongholds. And so I want Destiny Church to be a church that worships, all right? So I'm going to talk to you about these four Hebrew words of praise. But before we do, I just want to pray over you guys today. Um, Lord, I just, there's an expectancy in my heart. I believe you're going to do something today. I believe you have something for this moment, for this place, for this hour. I believe you're going to do something in the Spirit today. I believe you're going to do something in this room. I believe you're going to do something in somebody's living room today. And so we just ask you to move. Lord, I've got some notes on paper that I feel like you gave me, but Lord, make my heart moldable and pliable. Give me ears to hear you today because I want to be sensitive to this message. I want to be sensitive to what's happening in the Spirit So would you do that. We thank you for what you're going to do. And now I ask that you give all of us in this room the ears to hear and a heart to respond. Because we want to be worshipers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when you dig into the word and and when you dig into the Bible and very specifically, when you begin to get an understanding of what the word praise means, um, you're going to discover that praise has many interpretations. But praise really has one purpose. And that purpose of praise and worship is to minister to the Lord. Each of the seven Hebrew words for praise convey a a very distinct and unique, and I want you to hear me. Let me say this again. Each of the seven Hebrew words of praise convey a very distinct and unique, hear this word, these two words, physical action. These seven Hebrew words, all of them convey, convey a physical action performed by the worshiper. You know who the worshiper is? You. Me. Each of these seven Hebrew words of praise can very convey a very distinct and unique physical action. I want you to hear me today. I'm going to try to drive this home. If I had a title for today's message, it would be the posture of worship or the expression of worship because worship is a posture, worship is expressive, worship is physical. It requires something of me. It's not passive. Worship is a verb. It requires something. But if you look at the Bible, you're going to begin to understand that praise and worship has many interpretations of what that might look like. But at the end of the day, it's really about one thing, and that's ministering to God. And each of these seven Hebrew words that we're looking at, they each have a very distinct physical action performed by the worshiper. In Exodus chapter 28, when God was creating the framework for the priesthood and for Aaron, and when he was designing the garments of praise, I want you to hear me. He basically told Aaron, you can look at this in, in Exodus chapter 28, he basically told Aaron that the role of the priesthood was to minister to him. The role of the priest is to minister to the Lord as the priest leads the people of God, to praise, worship, serve, and minister to the God. All of us, our role is to minister to the Lord. Revelation chapter 1, verse 16 and 510, two verses that are part of our theme for the year, this whole idea of Kingdom Co. We're in a series called Kingdom Worship. This whole year, this whole idea is about the kingdom of God, being a company of kingdom minded people who are about the kingdom's work. You know what the, one of our jobs is? Is as worshipers. That's one of our jobs in the kingdom. It's a big thing. You look at heaven today. And there are saints and angels that their only job is to stand around the throne and cry, holy, worthy is the lamb who was and who is and who is to come. They never stop worshiping him. They never stop telling how good he is. They never stop declaring his praises. 24 hours a day, if there was an hour and a day in heaven, there isn't, time is endless. But to put it in terms we can understand, they never stop saying, holy, holy. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So worship is a big deal in the kingdom of God. And, we, and so we have this theme this year of Kingdom Co. And we see in Revelation chapter 1 verse 16 and Revelation vi- verse 5-10 that the people of God, that's us. Listen to me. All of us, because of Jesus, are made to be kings and priests. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says that we as God's people, again that's us, are a part of a royal priesthood. In Exodus 28, we see that God designed specific people to be priests and they had a specific role. But in the New Testament church, all of us are called to be priests. All of us are called to be kings. All of us are called to minister to the Lord. Listen to me. It's not just my job to worship. It's not just Pastor Elliot's job to worship. It's every single one of us we are called to minister to the Lord. And very specifically, how do we minister to the Lord? It's through our praise and through our worship. That's what we can offer to the Lord. All right, Pastor Chad. I can see you're passionate about worship. I can see you're passionate about praise, and you're telling me that that's my job. But does God really need my worship? No. I don't think God needs my worship. I don't think there's anything you or I can give God that's going to change God or make him any better. He's God. He owns it all. He has it all. I don't think there's anything that we can specifically offer him that's going to make him better. However, throughout the Bible, God has repeatedly expressed that he desires his people. I think that's why he even created us. But God has repeatedly expressed that he desires that his people would praise him and worship him. In fact, one place in scripture tells us, hey, if my people won't worship me, me, I'll raise up some rocks that'll worship me. So God desires our worship. God desires our praise. He wants it. He doesn't need it, but that's what we can offer to him. We can offer him our lives, and we can do that through praise and worship. And I wanna say it again. When I say praise and worship, it's not passive. Don't throw stones at me because some of you did this today, all right? And I'm not pointing fingers, but I just feel like as your pastor, I want to instruct you. This is not really a posture of worship. Well, pastor, that's just what I do. It's, it's, I don't see anywhere in these seven Hebrew words of praise where it says that my posture of worship is hands down in my pockets, not expressive. But Pastor Chad, that's just not my style. I just want to tell you that this is the style, this is the posture of heaven. This is the posture of heaven that we would be worshipers. Worship is expressive. It's, it's not passive. It's, it's not just staying there and do something. We see this very clearly when we begin to dig into what these words of praise mean. And I'll tell you one of my greatest desires, and I've already stated this, but one of my greatest desires as your pastor is Destiny Church to be known as a church that unashamedly, unashamedly praises and worships the Lord in the way that he desires and the way that he deserves. Every breath we take every day, not just on Sundays. I I don't want us to be known as a church that, man, you go to church on Sundays and they really sing and they really raise their hands. But then Mondays, we're not doing that. Reminds me of what he said in the Bible when he said, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Listen to me. Worship is really, it's ultimately about the heart. It's not about, it's it's not this. This is an expression of worship. But at the end of the day, my heart has to be in that right posture. Not just my hands. I can stand in here and do this, and then Monday, my heart is somewhere else. I'm not a worshiper. A worshiper's heart is in the right posture. And that's ultimately what this is all about, and this is what I'm trying to, get you, trying to get us to understand. If we're going to be the tip of the spear and unashamedly worship God, it can't just be, well, I'm going to worship when I'm in the room so that Pastor Chad thinks I got it. No. It doesn't matter what I think. Does God look at you and say, that's a worshiper? Does God look at you and say, that's a worshiper? And so these seven words, I think they show us pretty clearly what it should look like. Now, we're going to look at these final four words. But before I do, Pastor Mark and I, again, as I said, we were talking. And uh, I I will use Greek and Hebrew. I will research it. I will break down words at times, but I don't speak it. All right. And Pastor Mark, he sent me a message this morning and I, I got it on my phone. And he's like, isn't it interesting that here we are preaching about seven hebrew words of praise and he says i don't even know how to say half of them you know and so if you don't like how i say it you can say it however you want to but i think these are how you say these words the first one we're going to look at is the word yada yada and you can see these on your sheet there you'll also see these on the screen but it means to lift the hands and throw them forward while making a confession about god's greatness and giving thanks praise and acknowledgement i want to admit something to you guys I have always, I have never known any type of worship except this. I have always been in in an express in a expressive worship environment. That's how I was raised. I've never known worship other than being expressive. That's just who I am. I've known it in church since I was a little kid. But for me, it's not just what happens in this room. I I can literally be in the Deer Woods and and find myself with my hands raised worshiping the Lord. It's just something I do. I, this is no lie. I've told you guys this before. I was, not recently because I'm not in shape now, but when I was attempting to be in better shape, I was jogging down Miller Road one day, and I had my headphones on, and I was worshiping, and I got lost in the moment, and I'm literally running down Miller Road like this. And, and I know that people had to think, who is this man, you know? but I can get lost. I've never known anything that that's just not how I worship. I'm expressive when I worship. It's just been natural for me. But I remember bringing friends to church who had never been in church. And, and uh, my my parents' church was very, very expressive. And, and I remember they would do things that just would freak my friends out. And uh, uh, that had never been in a church environment like that, or maybe they'd never been in church in their life, and they're standing there like deer in the headlights, like, what in the world has happened? Hey, but I remember when some of you first walked into Destiny Church, you're like, what did you bring me to, you know? And you stood there like deer in headlights, and I remember watching some of you. You had the posture, like, I am not joining these crazies. And all of a sudden, I've noticed some of you, you're like... You're Woo! You know, you've become one of us, right? I've watched. You know, it's how some of us are. We're a little more expressive, but I want you to think about this today. Is there anything, is there any more natural of, a, of an expression of excitement or wonder or awe than throwing your hands up? Why don't you to think about this? Is there any more natural expression than that? Let me explain. I remember when the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Just a few weeks ago, just a few years ago, I mean. It's gonna, I'm prophesying that it's going to happen again this year. But anyway, I remember, no, in the Kansas City Chiefs, that's not a real prophecy, all right? So don't like Pastor Chad said. No, I'm just, that's a joke, all right? But we did win a couple years ago, and I remember we were actually in, in Pastor Jason. We were in his basement watching the game, and I remember when that clock finally hit zero. You know what I did? Everybody in that room. It's just this natural expression. When you see victory, you just kind of throw your hands up, right? All right? When your favorite team scores a basket, you throw your hands up. I've been in ballgames, and I watch people, everybody in the room's got their hands up. You know, when you finally experience breakthrough or something in your life or something you've been kind of struggling with, what happens oftentimes when you experience breakthrough, you're like, yes. You know, when, a, when, a, uh, when you get that promotion at work or something like that, what do you do? You kind of shake your hands. It's just this, I think it's something that's in our DNA. I think it's something that's just put in us, that we just express our gratitude this way. And when you look at the Hebrew people, when you look at them, that's what they do. It's this primal instinct that God put in us. The Hebrew people, they showed their excitement and their enthusiasm for God in praise by worshiping and by raising their hands. This word yadah is found 111 times in scripture. Psalm 145.10 says this, this is David. All your works... Yada, all your works. What's it mean? They throw their hands up. All your works praise you and they extol you. All your works. Psalm chapter 67, verse three. Listen to what it says here. May the people yada you. May they praise you. But listen to what the next part of it says. May all the people throw their hands up and praise you may all i want you to i want you to hear me here did you see this is all people black or white old testament new testament pentecostal baptist new testament believer old testament believer it doesn't matter pentecostal all of us are called to throw our hands up in praise to god that is a biblical response in worship God desires that we would be expressive and raise our hands but listen to this one Psalm 44 8 in God we make our boast all day long and we praise with hands raised that's what that literal Greek translation of that word is right there we praise your name how long does that say did you know that one day all of us who are in Christ are going to one day be in heaven together. And you know what we're going to do? Forever and forever and forever and forever. It's never going to stop where we praise the Lord. So why don't we start practicing today? Why don't we become a people that praise the Lord every single day? If we're going to do it in eternity, let's start doing it now. Yada. That's our first word. The second word we're going to look at today is Toda. This is is also an extension of the hand and thanksgiving for what God has done. This is an extension of the word Yada, But listen, but it also means, I want you to hear me, it also means a sacrifice of praise for things not yet received. It's a sacrifice of praise. Or another way we could say it, it's praising God in expectation. Yada is more about praising God for what he's already done Toda is more about praising God for what he's going to do. Do you hear me? This word is more about what God is going to do. I want you to look at Psalm chapter 56. Psalm chapter 56, this is David writing it, but I want you to catch this. I think, I think one of the reasons some of us struggle with understanding scripture is we don't understand all the context of scripture. You need to understand the context. David here in Psalm 56, this is right after he was captured. In Gath by the Philistines. I want you to hear this. This is important. David had just been captured, but despite his captivity, we could say it this way this could have been his horrible, no good, very bad day, right? Despite that, listen to what he says Psalm 56, 11, and 12. I trust in God. So he's in captivity. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and I will, listen to what he says here, I will offer a sacrifice of toda, a sacrifice of thanks, a sacrifice of praise for your help. I want you to hear this. David is captured by the enemy. He is in captivity. He's in essence, let's put it in terms we might understand today. Because I don't know too many of us who have been put into captivity, Right? but let's say it this way. David just got bad news from the doctor. David just, in essence, had his wife walk in and say, hey, I want a divorce. Maybe David had a prodigal son that was running from God, a prodigal child. He just got some bad news. He lost his job. Let's just, I want you to think of it in those sense. He got bad news, yet I want you to notice in the midst of that bad news, what David is doing, I will still praise you. Are you getting this? In the midst of bad news, David is still, yet I trust you. Yet I praise you. Yet I worship you. God, I know I'm captured, but I'm, I know that you're going to deliver me, so I'm going to praise you. It's that le- This level of worship is a level of faith. God, I, I know that I'm in bondage, but you're going to deliver me. God, I know that I have sickness in my body that could lead to death, but, but you're going to heal me. It's this, it's this, it's this, I trust in you. God, I know that my marriage is in shambles and we, if you don't intervene, we're going to get a divorce, but, I, but I'm going to praise you anyway. God, I know that I have a son or a daughter who's not serving you, but I, God, I know that you're going to save them so I'm gonna worship you in advance. God, I know, I know, I know that this world sold me troubles, but I, in faith, I'm gonna to continue to worship you and serve you. In fact, I wanna ask Pastor Elliot to come up. Actually, I, I wanna ask him to come, and I don't know if you got anybody else, but I, I wanna ask him to come, and what I want is we're gonna take two minutes, and we're gonna praise the Lord. If you're, listen to me, if you are here today, And you have, you are in the midst of a storm. If you are physically sick, you have something wrong in your body. If you have a son or daughter who is not serving the Lord, if you have problems in your marriage, if you have spiritual pain, if you have some desperation where you're like, Lord, I can't feel you, I can't find you. If you're in this place where you're like, God, I I need you to intervene and you're the only one who can provide an answer. I want, what we're going to do is we're going we're to take a minute here and we're just going to worship the Lord. We're going to be expressive in that way. We're not going to ask Him for anything. We're just going to praise Him. We're going to ta-da. All right? So if you have something where you need God to intervene, I want you to stand to your feet. You need an answer from the Lord, I want you to stand to your feet. Something in your life where you need God to show up and prove Himself faithful, I want you to stand to your feet. Come on, there's others. I want you to stand. I've stood before. I don't care. Maybe this is the day. I want you to stand. I need an answer that only God can provide. Come on, who else? This is an element of faith right here. This is, this is a moment of faith in this room. I'm standing. There's things I want to see God do. Now, now we're gonna we're gonna go into this posture, right? What is the posture of Todah? Right here? It's two hands lifted. It's hands thrown up in thanksgiving. So right now, as Elliot and as Jessica play, I want you to throw your hands up. They're not going to gonna sing a song. This is your song. This is you declaring to the Lord that you are thanking him. Whatever's going on, if you have if you have sickness in your body, what I want you to do with your hands raised is I want you to just begin to tell him, "Lord, I know I'm sick in my body, but I thank you that you are healing me." And I want you I want this to become your continual posture. It's not just, "Okay, I said it, now I'm going to go back to complaining tomorrow." No, this becomes our posture. I'm just teaching you for a moment here. We're just going to, this is the posture of our heart. Right now it's a physical posture, right? But we want this to become the posture of our heart. So let's do this. Elliot and Jessica, let's play. Let's build the volume of this a little bit. And I want all across this room, I want everyone to not only have your hands raised, but I want you to talk out loud. I want you to begin to thank the Lord for what He's done. You're not asking Him for anything. I want you to thank Him. Thank you for healing my marriage. It's done. Thank you for bringing my son home. Thank you for bringing my daughter home. Thank you for healing my body. Thank you for healing my wife. Thank you for setting our finances free and giving us wisdom. Thank you for the answers. Come on, let's just thank you. Praise him right now. Just tell him how good he is. Lord, I just thank you. I praise you. I know that you're doing it. This is expectation. This is faith, Lord in your living room, right there where you are, in your bedroom, on your boat, watching a baseball game, wherever you might be right now, I want you just to lift a hand and I want you to tell the Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. I thank you for the answers. I praise you for the answers. I want you to get this inside of you. Let it begin to change the posture of your heart. Let faith arise inside of you right now as we praise and as we worship the Lord. Come on, tell him. Tell him he's a good God. Let's thank you. Let's praise him. 30 more seconds. Come on. Lift your voice and tell him how good he is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Somebody right now needs direction from the Lord. You're asking the Lord, hey God, what's my next step? What do you want me to do? Right now, just thank him for the answers. Some of you have a career choice, a career decision right in front of you. Just begin to thank him that he's making your way pat- your way straight. Lord, we thank you for victory. Some of you have been wrestling. Somebody's been wrestling with a stronghold like an addiction in your life for years. And you've prayed, you've went to counseling, you've been to altars. Right now, I want you just to begin to thank him. Lord, thank you for delivering me. Lord, thank you. I've been in captivity, but thank you for setting me free. I'm no longer an addict because of you. I'm no longer addicted. Somebody's been addicted to pornography today. God set you free. Throw your hands up and thank him. Some of you, somebody's been addicted to some type of drug in this room. Right now, I want you just to praise the Lord. He's setting you free right now in this moment. Come on. in this room. He's setting you free right now. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can be seated. Just felt the Lord wanted to kind of take a moment and do that. And you're going to have an opportunity to worship some more in just a moment. But I'm going to remind you, worship is active. It's not passive, right? So listen to me, you can do what you just did right there in your car. You can do that in your home. You don't have to wait till Sunday and you don't have to wait till you have a guitar and a piano, you can do this wherever you are. So fear rises up inside of you. Hey, I want you to turn that fear into praise. I want you to turn, you know, too many of us, we worry instead of worship. I want you to switch that. Lord, I trust you, and I want you to begin, so you can do that anywhere, all right? So I want us to have that mentality, no matter what's going on in my life, whether it's the best day of my life or the worst day of my life, I can worship God, all right, anywhere, any place I can do that. Let that become the posture. You're going to continue to hear me. But I want that to be the posture of our heart. Not just, okay, God. I'm going to throw my. If, if, it, if that's all it is to you, nothing's changing. But when your heart can take on that posture and fear comes your way and storms come your way, but your heart is just bent toward God, you're naturally going to just worship the Lord. All right? I'm just trying to teach you guys a little bit today through this. The, the third one that I want to give you today is another posture, and it's the word "barak." not like our former president, all right? But listen to what this word means. I, I love this word: to bow down, to kneel, to bend low in order to show submission, reverence or humility, to bring oneself low before a king. Psalm 100, verse 4 says this: Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. to Tehila. So this one's two part. Enter his gate, enter his gates with thanksgiving to go into his courts with praise with a new song. Give thanks to him and praise. It's two part. This is a two part scripture. This word, this word praise, is translated two different ways. So this is what I'm saying there's many interpretations of the word praise. But the Greek language is complex. It's, you know, it's, it means more than one thing. And so this word praise here means, the first part of it means with a new song. Second part of it means bowed low. Two part. Barak is used 289 times in Psalm. And in each occurrence, it's used to describe worshipers falling on their faces before God in reverence, adoration, and thanks. In fact, scholars of this ancient word, um, they give additional insight in this. Listen to this, I love this. They believe the original context of this word, Barak, did not simply mean to bow down or to kneel down. Instead, check this out. I think if this I think if this would become the posture of our heart, we would see God move in incredible ways. Listen. They believe that this word carried the connotation of bending low, while keeping your eyes fixed on the king. Yeah. I'm not only going to kneel, but I'm going to keep my eyes on you. See, if I bend low, but I keep my eyes on my problem, nothing's changing. But if I bend low and keep my eyes on Jesus, things change. And that's the connotation. That's, that's what this word means. Is not only am I going to kneel, but I'm going to keep my eyes transfixed on my king. Psalm 103, I love this, verse 1 through 2, and then 20 through 22. I want to read this to you right here. Let all that I am, look at this, I want you to picture this. Every one of these translations here is the word Barak. So it's this, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let's go to number two. Let all that I am praise the the Lord, and may I never forget the good things he's done for me. So I want you to picture this here. What he's saying is, I want, let all that I am praise. He's saying I'm going to kneel, but I'm keeping my eyes on my king. Let's go to verse 20. Praise the Lord. Listen to what it says here. You angels. So now he's taking it from just him, and now he's taking it to others. Praise the Lord, you angels. So what's he saying to them? Praise the Lord, but keep your eyes on him. You mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening. How can they hear his commands if they're not looking to him, right? Listening for each of his commands. Let's go to the next verse. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do him well. Let's look at the next verse. This one says here. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let's go on. Is there any more to it? I didn't give the rest of it. Let everything, it's talking about let everything that has breath. It's all of us. It's all of creation. What's it saying here? Let every single one of us, angels, angels, armies, every single one of us, we are called to praise the Lord. I kneel before you, but I keep my eyes transfixed on the King. Here's what I want to tell you. I wonder, listen to me, I wonder how different our church services might be. I wonder How different your situation might be. I wonder how different your marriage might be. I wonder how different you might feel in your body. If your worship would become this. Lord, I'm keeping my eyes fixed on you. I wonder what would happen if instead of keeping our eyes fixed on our problem or what's happening around us. I wonder what would happen if the posture of our heart was, Lord, I'm keeping my eyes fixed. Fixed on you. I believe this would change everything in our church, in our circumstance, and in our life. Do I think that it would give us, a, 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 hey, Pastor Jetson, are you telling me if I kneel and keep my eyes on Jesus, I'm always going to get the answer? Nope. not telling you that. I am not standing up here telling you, if you raise your hands, you know, like some of you are going, all right, Pastor if I kneel, raise my hands and look at Jesus, he's going to heal my body. Why am I not healed? I'm not. No, listen, I want you to hear me. When our heart is bent toward Jesus, and this is the posture of our heart, it changes things. It might not change my current circumstance, but it is going to change me. And so storms might come my way, but if my heart is bent on Jesus, it's going to be forever changed, right? What would happen? And our last word for today, and our worship team can make their way back to the stage. Our last word is Shabbat. Shabbok means to address him in a loud tone, to shout, to commend, to glory, or listen to here, to declare triumph. And I know it's hot in here. I think that air conditioner just went out on us, but that's all right. We're just, we don't want to be in hell one day, so we just made it hot. So you're like, ah, I'm just worship Lord. Anyway, (laughs) let's just, let's, let's sweat a little bit. Psalm 145, verse 4. Listen to what it says. One generation shall praise. Now, this word here is that word Shabbok. One generation shall shout your works to another, and declare your mighty acts. Are you starting to see that worship is expressive? It's hand raised, it's kneeling, it's shouting. That's why you see me on a Sunday morning. I might do every single one of them. It's just flowing. I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna raise my hands, I'm gonna kneel, sometimes I shout, and I haven't ran in a while, but that happens. I guess, gotta get it out of me. Something's gotta happen. Worship is Expressive. The word Shabbat is just used 11 times in the Old Testament, but every time it has a powerful effect. Psalm 63, listen what David said You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. Listen what he says Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you. I will shout. I will declare victory. I will praise you loudly as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Here's here's the last story I want to give you. In Joshua chapter 6, we see this story where this word Shabbok shows us a beautiful picture of what it is. If you remember the story, it's the walls of Jericho. And the children of Israel, that was their land. God had given it to them. Listen to me. Some of you, God has given you something, but there's walls around it. And there's enemies that are fighting you. And God told the children of Israel, I want you to march around the walls seven times, seven days. Each day, march once. But on the seventh day, I want you to march around the walls seven times. But here's what I want. You're not going to say anything anytime when you march around those walls until the seventh time on the seventh day. Now stay silent. But on the seventh time of the seventh day, I want you to shout. I want you to praise me in faith that those walls are coming down. And guess what? They marched. Can you imagine what the enemy's thinking? What are you guys doing? Looking down on them. Why are you marching around our walls? Seventh day, day five. Have you ever been there? Where it just felt like, God, I've been marching and marching and marching. There's been no answers. You know, I think some of us, we quit before we get to the finish line. We quit before he gives us victory. And so they march. And on that seventh day, seventh time, when they get to the end, they shout. And what happened? The walls came down. They praise God in faith. Worship is expressive. And Destiny Church, this is what I want us to become. I want us to be known as a church that is expressive in our worship. We, we worship with hands raised, kneeling down, shouting, whatever it might be, but we do that because of what he's done and what we expect him to do. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.